0: They're the best team in the National Hockey League right now. Will they be in June? We're talking Tampa Bay Lightning on this edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. Hey, everybody. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times. Our producer is Steve Bursnick. And, Rick, we've reached a midway point of the Lightning season. They have dominated the NHL best record in hockey, by far the best team in the East. I'm curious how surprised you are by this because I got to admit, Rick, I did not, I thought they would be good. I thought they'd be a playoff team. I thought they would be a, a cup contender. I did not envision at the midway point of the season that they would have 30 wins, only nine losses, and three overtime losses. Uh, I, I thought it was a good team. I didn't think it was a great team. And and I think last year sort of threw me off a bit because they remembered, it, oh, we're going to start strong. It's going to be a strong start. We're going to get in. And then they didn't start strong, and they had to scramble late just to give themselves a shot at the playoffs, and they had fallen so far behind they couldn't make it up. I'm. I gotta admit, Rick. I'm a little surprised at just how dominant they are this season. I'm sorry. Have they won a cup yet? <laughs> wow. Well, did no. I miss?
1: Did I miss them skating around with it? No. Wow, I, I, throw
0: throwing I, shade already.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because you know this is great, but it's the regular season. No, listen. They've they've exceeded. I think probably even their own expectations um, to the point where, if they lose a game, um, you know, yeah, what's John, wrong with them? John Cooper's <laughs> yelling at them, saying we feel entitled. <laughs> um, he, and, and truly, you know what the biggest, and I, and I mean this, and we can talk about, you know, why they're better and, and, and you're much better breaking down the sort of X's and O's of this thing. But, but I really do believe that the biggest task that they face right now, and it, it might be on Cooper and, and the guys in the room, as they say, the leaders that they have, and they got plenty of them mm-hmm. is, is, uh, sort of managing their own success in the regular season, managing the expectations, um, you know, trying to, to keep this level all the way through um, because now, you know, you're doing something that's incredibly special. You're having a special season. It looks like you're going to win the President's Cup or have the most points and, and be, be the favorite, clearly the favorite, um, you know, barring an injury to Veselovsky or something. And so now it's psychology to me, Tom. I mean, you know, injuries and psychology are the two things that are going to get sure. going to get this team in the end but um i don't look i've, I've watched hockey as long as they have been here i don't see a weakness on this hockey team i just don't
0: there there i mean you really start to have to nitpick i mean things like you start looking at like how do, do how do they do how are they on faceoffs you know that, that's yeah, really yeah. <laughs> i mean that's that's it's not like boy their power play stinks or boy right. they you know they're they, Penalty uh, kills they're, off. They're sec- or, yeah, they they're, yeah. they have no secondary scoring. Like really big things, you know. It's it's things like boy, they they well they should get a little bit better if they had a little bit better of a faceoff guy. It that's really how how, how uh, insignificant their issues are, and I don't think that complacency is going to be an issue for this team because Rick, I, I they've reached a level where they're so good mm. that it's almost sustaining itself. They're having such a good time, I believe dominating teams that almost takes on a life of its own where, Hey, let's go on and just see how, just how, how many games we could win here. There is this sense of like, they're, they're so good that they're not going to let themselves fall apart. If that makes sense, it's a weird, No, thing. it doesn't make sense. You know, it's just, they're, they're having a blast at it.
1: Yeah. And they, and you know, when you sort of get this feeling that they have and everybody is on board and that's the thing, I think Iserman has done just a, a phenomenal job because Talent, you know, is one thing, but it's getting guys to sacrifice and um, you know don't have to be the guy every night. That is the reason you're winning and and um, that sort of thing. But, but you know, um, they're just you know when they play a team for the most part. I know they lost to Philly at home a few few weeks ago whatever, or whatever, a week or so yeah, ago. Right. But for the most part, when they play a team they should crush. You know what they do to them? They crush them. <laughs> I mean, they don't really like you don't see. Well, eked out a two one win over some bad. No, they destroy them. And that's that's the mark of a dominant team. A dominant team knows what they're supposed to do with in, with lesser teams, and they don't they don't take their foot off the accelerator. They do have sort of this this, this you know killer mentality, um, and maybe it's an easier night than you know if they're playing uh, you know one of the division leaders somewhere, but they still they still play to their level. They don't. They don't play down to the level of the teams that they're facing. If that makes sense, and I no, it does. That's, it, that's what's impressed me. is and, just and how, how they'll point, destroy people.
0: No, and to your point, Rick, their goal differential. And again, I'm. You can we, we This is in every sport. Yeah, you can the analytics. Stats that, sure. However you sure. want. My big thing in every sport, no matter whether whether it's baseball, whether it's run differential or yeah. football point differential or mm-hmm. in hockey goal differential, to me that's a meaningful stat. Now sometimes you could be it could be a little skewered, but. When, when it's really good or really bad, I think it says something. And the Lightning's goal differential is incredible. They This was going in the Tuesday night's game now against uh, against Carolina. They had uh, scored 152 goals and they given up 103. That's a plus 52 goal Chief. differential at the halfway point in the season. I mean, they're on pace for a goal differential of over 100 goals, which is a stunning number. I mean, you're you're talking about that, that'll... At the end of the year, that will rank among some of the all-time great teams if they can keep it up. As an example, you look at the Washington Capitals, who are leading their division, the Metropolitan. They're 26-13-3. Pretty good record. They have 55 points, which is not, you know, it's eight points less than the Lightning. Their goal differential is plus 12. Mm. Lightning is plus 52. And and Washington is plus 12. That shows you the gap and just how dominant they are in these games, not only beating up on really bad teams, but also beating up... On some pretty good teams. Well, no, I mean, let me ask you
1: this, though. When yeah. you talk about goal differential, and clearly they have, you know, they have four lines that can score, but how much of that is the goaltender? How much of that well, are the sure. seven shutouts? You know, how much of that is just the singular, look, if I said one thing's going to happen and, you know, what does it have to be? And, and somebody said, well, you know, Andre going is gonna, just going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal goaltender this year then it would explain where they're at right now almost yes. by itself in many ways in my opinion
0: no you're exactly right about that rick because when you look at goals against in the national hockey league only the los angeles kings have given up fewer goals i mm-hmm. mean they've given up 99 the lightning has given up 103 and after that everybody else or i'm sorry boston's given up 102 so they're they're third i think lowest in the national High league so to your point they're giving up they're scoring a ton of goals but they're yeah. also giving up very few, very few goals as well. And Andre Vasilevsky, uh, he's the MVP of this team, right, Rick? No, that no Vasilevsky. question. No question. Yeah.
1: And just because of the role that he plays. And, 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 look, he allows them to play their style. And this this is the thing that, that Tom, you would uh, know a lot more about is that just, you know, when, when you know, because we saw the other night, um, a few nights ago, I forget who they were playing, uh, you know, Vasilevsky, well, they were playing. Uh, they were playing Montreal. Mm-hmm. In that yeah. crazy game with uh, with price, and I mean, they, they, you just take the guy for granted, you know, all these odd man rushes, and he's 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 you know not giving up a goal in the first period, but he's making like 20 saves, yeah. And it's just you wonder, you know, are you gonna get so full of yourself and and you know with the speed and 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 you know. The defenseman pushing Your up and everything. That that you just leave take it for granted after a while. Oh, he'll save us. Oh, he'll save us. I mean, when you get further into the season or into the postseason, you know these teams, these heavy, especially the heavier teams, if they get in the Stanley Cup final, they're gonna lean on these guys. They're gonna, you know, just make it a different game. And, you know, you can't you can't be sloppy in the back end. You can't turn the puck over. And I and I just wonder if if he's so good that you know they'll forget to do some of the little things that that you have to do as a hockey team. I mean, it's interesting.
0: Every... You no, know, it's it's a valid point Rick and I think it's something that John Cooper's going to have to address and te- teams typically tend to tighten up anyway when yeah, when you get to yeah, the that's But true. Th- they do have some defensive issues. Look, Stephen Stamkos is not a great defensive player. Nikita Kucherov is not a great defensive player. And I'm not sure how interesting. And you and are. we're bo- and you're okay <laughs> with that. <laughs> uh, for now, yeah, because they're, they're scoring a thousand goals. But Vasilevsky reminds me of a couple goalies and this is old school hockey stuff here. He reminds me of mm. of a little bit of Grant fear who used to be a goaltender for the uh, the old Edmonton Oilers when they were just run and gun Edmonton Oilers, yeah, um, and Wayne Gretzky and Paul Coffey and Jerry Curry and all those guys, where they would just go go go, and they would win games like they would win games like eight five, you know. <laughs> I mean, they would they'd give up a ton of goals, but here's the thing: when it was six five or five five in the third period, Grant fear would make these incredible saves. Uh, because he was hung out to dry, and then Edmonton would score the last three goals, and he his good stats wouldn't look great, but right. he was really and uh, Tom Barrasso, also the Pittsburgh Penguins back when they had Mario Lemieux and Jaromir Jagr in in his early prime, those were same 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 type of thing where they would win shootouts, but mm. they would make the big saves at the big time. I'm like for example, and I like Martin Brodeur. Martin Brodeur is, in my opinion, the the best goalie of my of our lifetime, but. He played in a system that was very much uh, set up for a goaltender to, to do well. I mean, they would give yeah. up, you know, the Devils would give up 16 shots a night sometimes, whereas right. Grant Fuhr and Tom Barrasso, and in this case, Andre Vasilevsky, some nights like they're facing 35, 40 shots a game, and uh, and a lot of them high-quality chances. Clearly, he's he's the MVP of this team, and, and he's going to be sort of the reason either they go very deep in the playoffs or they don't, Rick. But let's throw Vasilevsky out. He's clearly okay. the MVP. Who yeah. would be, who should, who's the usual MVP besides Andre Vasilevsky? Well,
1: I mean, I think, I think the easy thing to say to me is, is Kucherov because I think he's exceeded Stamkos right now and just his yes. ability to score and things like that. But I will say, and you've said this before too, the most valuable player, aside from their goaltender, the guy that could least afford to lose is Victor Hedman. Yeah. Um, you know, way too many, uh, too many minutes on the ice, um, really too good. Uh, both offensively and certainly defensively, that you know that core, you know that they have built. I mean, and give Eisenman all the credit. I mean, you know, he he um, he brought the goaltender up. He let you know traded, made the trade for Bishop. Um, you know, he had Stamkos. You, you you know, you bring in a Kucherov, um, but that core with Hedman and 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 Stamkos and Kucherov, and now the young goaltender, I mean, they're what a what a, a core to build around, and then everything after that. Um, they seem to hit on it on every move I mean what what move have they made in the last year or two even the Jonathan drew thing which we which we you know people debated whether that was sure. smart yeah and and look how it's paid off
0: it's paid off it's paid off incredibly well sergecheff mikhail sergachev was a guy that that the lightning thought would be a good good defenseman in about two years or in about time years. right and he yeah. still has a ways to go I mean he's not perfect he's still there's usually one or two passes a game where Susie leaves a stick you're like no what are you thinking <laughs> but he's the offense that he's provided at that age and and look i i covered victor hedman at that age and yes. victor hedman wasn't as far along as sergachev is at the at age 19 you know hedman was okay but he struggled mm, and yeah. most defensemen struggle at age 19 and he'll have his moments where he does but this has turned out to be a great trade you look you look, and i'm gonna agree with you rick that i think victor hedman if if you came to me right now and said, "Okay, the Lightning is going to suffer lose a
1: core player, an yeah.
0: injury. I got I got to mm-hmm. take a core player out." I'd mm-hmm. rather then and, and let's the goaltender again, you could talk yeah. about every team yeah, in the league aside from him, sure. That's like losing your starting quarterback. Exactly. But if other than that, if you said, "Okay, who who would you least like to have? I'd I'd rather lose Kucherov for a month and a half. I'd rather mm-hmm. lose Stamkos for a month and a half." I wouldn't want to lose Victor Hedman for him, or really any, def- like him or Strauman, Anton Strauman. Or Strauman. We'll yeah. Talk about him for a minute, too. But uh, Victor Hedman, I agree with you. So in that case, he is valuable. He would be your most valuable player. I'm actually going to go with Stephen Stamkos. And the reason I am is because I never expected Stamkos to be this far along. At this point of the season, when he first suffered that knee injury and he said, look, this is a guy that broke his leg, snapped his leg in half a few years ago. Then he went through the whole thing with the blood clot and we believe had a rib removed and went through that whole struggle about whether or not he was going to get back for the playoffs. And he finally did come back for the Eastern Conference final that season. But that was it. Um, and then the he said. He said. He said this injury, this knee injury that he suffered last year, was by far the most painful and mm-hmm. hardest injury he's ever had or illness he's ever had to deal with. And when Joe Smith talked to Zach Parise from the Minnesota Wild, who had a very similar injury, Zach Parise said, yeah, you know what, I came back in eight months or whatever it was. He goes, it took me a year, a, more than a year before I felt, more like 16, 18 months before I felt like myself again. Yeah. I assumed Stamp Stamkos, because he injured this what, last, I want to say October, November, maybe November, um, I thought it would be right about now we would see the real Stephen Stamkos. And he has come out of the gate right from the start of the season and has been a, a but the old Stephen Stamkos to the point where it's you'd never even know he was injured. Now he needs to stay healthy, obviously. But yeah. the, I'm stunned at how well he played right from the start.
1: Yeah, well, the thing is, in reading what Joe Smith has written about it, Stamkos knows that he's not back that that he's not where where he he needs to be or where he will be and it, it seems <laughs> which is like stunning with, to me. which is stunning but he'll he's freely admits that because you you know it's undetectable um but only he can feel what what he feels and with knee injuries and i've not had anything close to the you know the sort of thing but usually every six months is sort of a mile post you know mm-hmm. you yeah. feel a certain way after six months you feel a different way after a year you fear another way after 18 months it just sort of the way it is and You know, it hasn't been that long. And so, yeah, you know, he he will, he still has a lot of healing to do and a lot of strengthening to do. But, you know, the great ones, Tom, whether you're talking about Drew Brees and the kind of devastating shoulder injury he had, and you look at what he's done to come back, those are the guys that outwork everybody. Those are the guys that are going to be so serious about their rehab. Um, You know, whether it was, I mean, Adrian Peterson was that guy, right, with the torn ACL that everybody said. Is kind of and it does take some you know some genetic uh, blessings, but um, you you never you never count those guys out because you don't see you don't see what all the hours that they spend in the training room and 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 you know getting treatment and those guys usually go around the clock with that stuff.
0: What was interesting about Stephen Stamkos' injury last year as well is that remember he there was hope that he was going to come back. He, he was almost back. back. Yeah, he was almost back, and I. Admire the fact that he didn't push himself to come back because he knew he wasn't right. He knew his knee yeah. wasn't healthy. And they were, look, there was some pressure. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how internal it was, in terms of letting the organization. They seemed to to do right by their players in terms of, you know, how, putting players out there medically and clearing them and all that. But there was a little bit of pressure. There were some whispers, and I'm sure he heard it not only around the league but particularly in the Tampa Bay area about, hey, we could really use Stamkos here the last couple of weeks to get in. Mm. Remember, they missed the playoffs by a point. Now right. they and went they on made a huge tear. They they made a they went on a huge tear and and even without Stampco, so I don't know how much they really actually missed him, but at uh, down the stretch. But look, he there was some pressure to get back and he listened to his body and knew he wasn't right. And I there's part of me that sort of admonished admi- that. You're right. If he if they'd gotten into the playoffs, I would have been curious to see. I think see the
1: plan he, was to see if he could actually play. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which which would have been really interesting because Vasilevsky seemed to turn the corner as soon as they traded Ben Bishop last year and Anton Strawman started to get healthier. That's another guy, Rick. You look at when when you sort of look at reasons why this team went from being a pretty good team to an awesome team. And we knew, look, we knew Vasilevsky's a really good goalie. We knew that that uh, Nikita Kucherov's a great player. We knew Steven Stamkos is a great player. But I look at there's three guys that I sort of look at and say, wow, th- these these three guys have made a huge jump or a huge difference. One of them is Anton Strawman, and I look back at. The years that the Lightning has struggled over the past three or four years, whenever they've struggled, it's usually because Anton Stroman is out. He is mm-hmm. so over, uh, underrated, and we overlook his contributions, because he's not a flashy—he's not he's even so, flashy like— He's so like, underrated
1: uh, that now he's overrated, because people talk about how underrated he is.
0: You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, exactly. But you like you don't notice him necessarily right, 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 right. until he's not there. The other guy who— Stunned me. Tyler Johnson's return to Tyler Johnson. Uh, that,
1: that has been something. I, you know, and he did not get off to a good start. No, but he didn't. Don't, but don't you think the injury – look, a couple things have yes. you know, have, have mucked up the, the whole process. And I, I think if you had the point, aside from personnel, but like we've talked about this before, it's not always the best players. But, you know, healthy players matter. And the two runs that they went on and having the shortened off seasons and Tyler Johnson getting hurt – to me, as much as anything, that combination of injuries and not enough time to keep come back from them before you're starting another season is what has is what derailed them, um, as much as any single thing. And you know this. I mean, you see teams go to the Stanley Cup all the time, and sometimes they don't make the playoffs the next year. It's not uncommon.
0: Right. Oh, I, no, no, it happens all the time. And I looked at Tyler Johnson. I he's in the role that he should be. I mean, there was right. talk for a minute like, hey, what if Stamkos gets awake and. Can Tyler Johnson be a, a number one center? And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's not really who he is, you know. Um, but he has had a, a, a remarkable December, and what he's a carried, month, yeah. Continuing it into January, and the other guy, Rick, and I. This guy came out of nowhere, and maybe people in the organization thought differently. Is Braden Point? Uh, Braden mm-hmm. Point is one of those guys that um, I thought he was going to be a, an okay player when I first saw him. I didn't expect for him. To be a, a really good NHL player, and boy, up and down the line, I can't think of one guy. Like, I, as soon as I said that, like Vlad name name's popped into my head. Now, he, yeah, he's
1: and he cooled him. off
0: a little bit, but it's—I mean—but if I if I had to go and say, okay, here's what's taken him from a pretty good team to a great team, it's the play of strong, the health of Stroman and Johnson, and their play, and Braden Point. Those are the, those are the three guys that that really well, have taken it to the next level.
1: Let me ask you this, because scoring isn't the end all, but. Um How many potential 30 goal scores could this team have, and how rare is it to have that many?
0: Well, I mean, you have to go back to the old days, the '80s. '80s, like band, you know, wide open hockey where it was right. just you know, like like playing pond and, hockey.
1: And the guys were were wearing virtually like <laughs> shin guards for equipment <laughs> and goals. Exactly, yeah, the
0: goaltenders, yeah. Instead of, the yeah, instead of them, these yeah.
1: mattresses they have on now, on right? The and
0: they, and they, who, these mattresses, which by the way, weigh like uh, like three ounces. Yeah. Back like in the old days, right. Bobby, you move Bobby, your Bobby legs. Tanner tells me stories. I mean, they, those were like I don't even know what they were made <laughs> of because I'm telling you, by the end of the game, those things you were carrying like thirty pound weights on your legs, you couldn't move. <laughs> Um, but no, you're you're absolutely right. Both with Kucherov and Stamkos and Point and Johnson and now Kalorens not, not going to get there. But he's a guy that's capable on any given night of, of scoring goals. And they uh, have I mean, four guys. They, they, they have four guys currently with 15 goals. Yeah. So, or, so I mean, Kucherov, they could have Stamkos, four, Point, and Nemestikov. Yanni Gord's right. got 14, and Tyler Johnson is 13. So they yeah, could have six. Jeez. Uh, I mean, guys. That's so six halfway, guys right?
1: halfway through the season, and, and I'm just wondering, like, is that put that in perspective um, in modern day, like? Would that be the baseball equivalent of like the Orioles when they had three twenty-game winners? Yeah, you know or what I
0: mean? yeah, or it's it's having it's like having four five guys in your lineup hitting thirty home runs. I mean, that's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's that's really what it's equivalent to. And um, you typically as the second half of the season, as you get deeper into season, games get tighter and there's not much yeah, wide open. Lower score, but this yeah. team. Here's the other thing about this team, Rick. And I was talking to some people from out of town. How much fun the rest of the league has watching the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm. They're not. They don't play a boring style. They play a go 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 style, and play, which is another reason players continue to like playing for John Cooper, who's pushed. There was a moment last season, and Steve Versnick our producer, and I were talking about this too. There might even have been a moment, Rick. <laughs> Harder hard this is to believe. A couple of games into this season. Remember the lightning actually remember they, they won their opener and then they, then they stumbled the next game against Florida. Mm-hmm. And there was like for a brief moment there would be like mm, John Cooper, maybe the message is getting old here. Maybe maybe it's time. <laughs> and no one's you know, the relationship with Stamkos was still unclear. And and you know, he, he, him and Jonathan Drew we weren't sure about the Drew trade still. We hadn't right. seen what was gonna happen. And a lot of people blame John Cooper for not being able to get along with Jonathan Drew and and that's the reason he was gone. You could make the you could make the case that that hmm, maybe maybe it's time that a different voice was needed in that room. I got to admit, Rick, he's done a pretty good job. It's on cruise control now, but he seems to push all the right buttons, and and players are responding to him. It's the best team in hockey. But it was interesting that for just a second there, there was some doubt about Cooper.
1: Well, this is always the hard thing about like trying to gauge coaches when they have the most talent, you know. Um, th- this becomes the old how much is Belichick, how much is Brady type conversation. Because clearly this is the, the most talented, at least the way they're playing, the best team in hockey right now. And they're not even making it close. But sometimes you have to do your best coaching them. You, I mean, you really have to know how much of the team, uh, you know, sort of is going to, keep its own standards and how much you, you need to be the, 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 the hard ass, you know, and right, we've seen, right. we've seen them, you know, recently where they didn't play well, where he starts talking about, ah, some of us feel entitled, you know, didn't have much else to say, but that's sort of, that's sort of the role. Like when things are going good, um, you know, the best teams in sports and, and this goes, co- coaches don't play. I mean, that's the thing, you know, coaches, coach players play, you hear that cliche all the time, right. but it's so true. It's so absolutely true, and the best teams are sort of, you know, led internally, you know, um, and, and the drive and the accountability, if you will, should not ever have to come from the head coach, you know. There should be right. plenty of leaders that, that hold each other. I think Stamkos does that. You hear his quotes after games. Um, look, they know when they play with great effort, and they know some games when then they don't, but it's a long season, and these are human beings, and so... You know, to expect you, you can always you can always try to get it, but you're not always going to get perfection every single night. You know, th- there's there's a lot of factors, but I think Cooper has sort of the right sort of the right temperament. You know what I mean? He 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 can be hard when he wants to be. He's not yelling, screaming, Tortorella all the time where the message right. gets gets thrown out. But when he does, when he does have a little edge to his voice, I think it probably gets their attention. And yet, Tom, this is. Ben, you know, he's won a lot of games. He's won a lot of games. But for John Cooper, when does it become about, Is it, can he win the big one? Can he get us the cup? It's um, about
0: this year, Rick, and I'm telling you this. And we have a long way to go. It's halfway through the season. And we're going to talk a ton about the lightning down the stretch here. Yep. However, it's the midway point, so it's fair to look. And I asked at the top of the broadcast, will they be the best team in June? Mm-hmm. And there's a theory, and I remember this a few years ago. I think it was... I think it was our buddy Tim Collishaw, who uh, right covers sports for the Dallas Morning, Morning News. News. You mm-hmm. see him on Around the Horn and all that. And there was a theory about okay, what what makes for a great season? If you're if you're a fan of a team, what makes for a great season? And the reason he brought it up, and I believe it was Tim Collishaw, was there was one year where the Dallas Mavericks won like 62 games, and they got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs, and it was a massive disappointment. But the theory being is, wait a minute, this team gave you a great ride. And they give you more really fun nights, way more fun nights than disappointing nights, and therefore it should be classified as a good season, even though Dallas didn't win the NBA title. I look at this team, Rick, I think it's a massive disappointment if this team does not win the Stanley Cup. They could go and win, get 120 points this season, yeah. and and set the all-time record for franchise and blow the rest of the team away and win the President's Trophy and be, and be a favorite and can go to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals and lose in quadruple overtime. Mm-hmm. And I think if they don't win a cup, it goes down as a disappointment.
1: It has to. I mean, ask the Washington Capitals if they're disappointed, you know, um, when they do the same thing. Uh, uh, you know, especially when you know that, the, that when you watch a team play night after night after night, and I know what he's saying. I mean, there's, you know there's you know so many games that you, you click on and you have a great enjoyment for the entire season as opposed to just dwelling on on what the result is because yeah, if you're one... a Lightning
0: fan this season's been a blast it's I mean, been unbelievable every and night, only every night and only fun.
1: only one team can win I mean you know that's the other thing is that you forget that you know everybody else ends the season upset <laughs> you <laughs> right. know on some level they didn't uh, they didn't accomplish their biggest goal but there still is only one Victor one one Stanley Cup champion but to me, it just says that when you're this dominant, or you know, when you can play this well for such a long period of time, and, and and have this sort of season, you really need to finish it. And you know, and I think that'll weigh on Cooper's resume and weigh on his career here, because um, you know, before long, if this if this were to continue, if you were to get another year after this, if the, if that does happen, and they don't they don't get to the Cup or they lose in the first round then people are going to look at him and say he cannot get us over the top we need someone then people will say we need someone who can get us over the top and that's that's not that different than you know in in an NFL sense of what what happened here in Tampa Bay with Tony Dungy and then you know John Gruden came in and they won a Super Bowl i mean that's sort of the that's sort of the the columns you'll be writing and other people will be talking about if this Lightning team does not at least get to the Stanley Cup and or win it, in my opinion.
0: They have to win it, Rick. And and the reason is, not only for all the reasons you just mentioned right there, but they've come close before. We've already we this community We've seen already, this movie. Yeah, we yeah, they went to the finals. They went to game 7 of the Eastern Conference final. A yeah. lot of people feel like they should have won one already. And mm-hmm. this if this remember a few years ago when Cooper first got here in his first full season they made the playoffs and they were yeah. and then Ben Bishop got hurt. Say, okay. Well, and lost.
1: that's the thing though. I would the caveat is that if that happens again, like if there's a circumstance yeah, right. with an injury to a goaltender or, you know, a couple injuries to key guys. I mean, it, you know, this isn't an, an absolute, but assuming that the core stays together and you don't have your goaltender go out or something like that in the middle of the of the Stanley Cup Finals, you're right. I mean, you know that that's that's going to be it's going to be his um, his head on the yeah. On the well, but
0: bar, yeah, barring injury, like you just mentioned, the 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 year that they went to the Stanley Cup final and lost to Chicago. Most people felt like, okay, that was still a fun season. It was a really good season. They came up just a little bit short. They ran out of gas. They lost to a really good Chicago team that had won multiple cups. And you look at it and say, and the future's bright. We're going to win a cup at some point. Then you come back the next year and go to the Eastern Conference Final, and then you miss the playoffs, and now you get back there again maybe. The sense is that, yeah, okay, getting there is not good enough anymore. Because here's the deal, Rick. This – even though the the future still looks bright because Steve Eisman's done a really nice job yeah. stocking this franchise and stocking the minor league system, and they got young guys like Point and, and Gordon and Sergachev, and they're 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 set for a while. And it's not like Stephen Stamkos is an old man, but he's not he's not 22 anymore. You know, he's 20 mm. what 27, 28. He's been in the league 10 years. This, eventually, you got to start winning these things. And and as dominant as they are this season, and as good as they are, and you know what they're capable. And if they stay healthy, anything short of a Stanley Cup goes down as a disappointment, only because, as I said, they've gotten to that part, that part before. Now it's yeah. – the, the journey's not – there's more to the journey. It's at some point, you got you got to complete the journey, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and win the whole thing. So should be a fun couple of months coming up for the Tampa Bay Lightning. It also seems set up too, Rick. they got the All-Star game coming. John Cooper's going to coach in it. Stephen Stamkos is going to be the captain. It feels like – like it's, it's it's fate. feels like this should be the year of the lightning.
1: And everybody will be putting the pressure on them to win it all. I mean, that's they're all going to come down here from Canada and write about how this is the greatest team since the Edmonton Oilers, right?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. And it's I'll tell you what, Rick, it's the you might end up playing Pittsburgh. It's silly to look that far ahead, but And you might end up playing Pittsburgh in the first round of the playoffs. You may at some point have to go through Boston, which is a really good team. At some point you might have to go through Toronto, which there's a lot of media uh, scrutiny with that. And then you could end up playing a Cinderella team like Vegas in the Stanley Cup finals if Vegas were to get that far. It should be a lot of fun. And uh, as long as lightning stays healthy, though, uh, certainly they'll get there. I don't know if they'll win the whole thing and if they don't. It'll be a disappointment. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. Reach out to us on Twitter at Rick Tom podcast, at NFL Stroud at Tom W. Jones. Thanks to our producer Steve Versnick. Uh, enjoy the lightning this week. They're home for a couple of games here. We'll talk more lightning, of course, as time goes on. We're also leading up to the playoffs. We'll talk uh, on Friday, uh, football Friday, as we get ready for the, uh, the uh, NFL playoffs. Coming up on our next podcast, we'll do more of our lightning round. We'll uh, look at all the teams in the area and, uh, with the rapid-fire questions. And, uh, and if you have any suggestions, hit us up on Twitter. Thanks for listening, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?